0: Hello everyone, welcome to Growth Fit series. We have a whole new episode today and we have with us Hannah Sackett. She is the Product Marketing Manager at Electric.ai. My name is Surya Lakshmi. I am the Content Marketer at CustomFit.ai. As you know, CustomFit.ai is a no-code, no-code website personalization tool that directly impacts conversion rate by showing dynamic web pages that create personalized experiences for each visitor segment. We're also in the process of launching our new feature, which is called Custom Fit Shorts as of now. It is a mini smart, smart reports and analytics feature with which you get alerts for various metrics on your website. Let's say visitor lead visit, lead visits and revisits, lead life cycle reports, etc. This tool empowers marketers to schedule these alerts with ready-made templates to the communication channel of your choice, like Slack or email. Today we have Hannah Sackett with us. She's an entrepreneurial go-to-market strategist. She loves to solve problems creatively. drives revenue and finds unique ways to connect with clients. She has a background that extends into a variety of project management roles, like experiential marketing, events management, retail retail sales and recruiting. Welcome, Hannah, it's a pleasure to have you with us today.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. It's great to be speaking with you today.
0: So Hannah, I was just going through your profile and I came across this interesting line that you have wrote that uh, you made your first business pitch at the age of 13. Would you like to tell us more about it? I found it a really interesting highlight in your profile.
1: Yeah, absolutely, um, so <laughs> this is, yeah, it's a fun one. Um, I uh, grew up, um, you know, getting to go to space camp was was fortunate enough, there was a, a great sort of um, nonprofit organization in my hometown um, that ran um, these amazing space camp programs and, and um, it was phenomenal sort of to be um, able to experience STEM um, you know, as a, a young woman at that time And, uh, you know, I I sort of got to the point where I aged out of the program. And, uh, you know, I was so I was too old to go to the camp, uh, was really sort of broken up about it. Um, And at that time, they, you know, were sort of short on staff for counselors uh, to run the program. And and there was sort of a danger of, um, you know, not being able to have enough, uh, you know, classes for everyone that was interested. So, um, you know, sort of meeting that need, but also uh, driven by the fact that I wanted to remain a part of the program and and be involved, um, I put together a presentation um, around a junior commander program, um, which was basically just a, a CIT or a counselor and training program, um, and went to uh, the head of the organization and, and pitched my idea. <laughs> So um, yeah, it was my first sort of instance of um, you know being driven by a goal and um, you know having to problem solve and and um, convey uh, the value that I could provide in in solving that problem and meeting my need. Great, great. So uh,
0: I saw that you said that you love problem solving creatively. Well, that's one thing that attracted me towards marketing so I just want to know since you have uh, a background which spans into recruitment as well so what attracted you towards marketing as a career?
1: Yeah um, so really had gotten my start um, you know uh, first job out of school um, I had come from sort of a sales background more in the um, you know, outside sales, right? Retail, in person, um, you know, throughout high school and college and just been very successful with it. Um, and, you know, sort of uh, had, had gone back and forth early in my career between marketing and sales. I got a taste for marketing through an experiential marketing firm um, back in my hometown. Um, and, you know, was just working as an admin. But, um, you know, had sort of quickly scaled up on my admin responsibilities and was um, really sort of reaching out to all of the project managers that owned client accounts um, and said, what can I do for you? You know, can, uh, can I do research? Can I, you know, I'll, I'll do your sort of go for work um, in exchange for some of that apprenticeship. Um, ended up moving to New York City back in 20. Um, 20- Fourteen, Ah, crazy to think about. Um, And sort of uh, went back into sales. It was sort of a a great way I had that muscle memory and experience. Um, You know, previously was a great way to sort of get my feet wet um, in a new city, uh, in a very competitive city from a work perspective. Um, And, you know, similar to my previous position, had um, sort of, you know, focused on mastering the responsibilities, but also looking outside, right? What were the other opportunities throughout the organization? Something that I was particularly interested in um, was sort of getting into the mindset of the consumer. Why did they make their purchasing decisions? What drove them? Uh, beyond just you know, sort of making that pitch, um, you know, how could I influence their buying journey? And so uh, I actually you know, sort of didn't fall right back into marketing, but had an opportunity to work directly for the VP of product as a product specialist. Um, And that really could have gone one of two routes. I could have gone into becoming a Um, product manager, which is actually, you know, sort of more focused on um, problem solving from a technological perspective and working closely with our engineering team, um, you know, or the product marketing route. And um, honestly, you know, I uh, am immensely grateful for um, that VP of product, Jonathan Bartlett, uh, one of my previous bosses, who, um, you know, sort of was able to see the the raw skills that I possessed uh, and steer me in the direction of product marketing and, and the rest was history from there.
0: Amazing, seems like you've had a very good journey with electric.ai. So serious, uh, very recently the company has raised Series D funding. Congratulations yes. on that. Thank you so, so much. So what has been your journey as as the uh, marketing, product marketing head. uh, What has been your journey in the branding of electric.ai? What are the aspects of branding that you give utmost importance to?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think, you know, positioning and messaging first and foremost, right? Um, IT as a whole is a very complex space uh, and we provide, um, you know, We started out providing nine different services throughout IT, we've since added to that catalog. Um, We have platform, we have, um, you know, service-based value that we're providing to customers. I think the biggest challenge was around, you know, how do we plainly state what it is that we do, right? I think that's a huge challenge that a lot of marketers and SaaS are facing, especially as um, you expand You know the the value that you're providing and and the number of services so um you know you know again came in um first product marketing manager at electric and starting to build out the team um but the challenge in the earlier days you know about uh two years ago was just making sure that um we had baseline you know, materials um, that plainly stated what it was we did and and what was the value that we provided. And so I think, um, you know, from a branding perspective there, it was very much, um, you know, how do you create that, um, you know, uh, you can always talk about how you do things Mm -hmm. and get highly technical, Um, But, you know, my main responsibility was translating that into sort of uh, just a plain, you know, what is the value that you're providing? And so um, boiling down that why statement, right? Um, Why does electric exist? To make IT simple, um, cost-effective, and, you know, accessible for even SMBs, right? That's it at the end of the day. So I think um, the, the biggest challenge was just around making sure that we were getting really, really clear about what it was we did um, and uh, you know, sort of boiling that down. From there, making sure that um, you know, all of our products and services had a baseline um, you know, sort of set of positioning and messaging around the service they provided for our various audiences.
0: Like you said, conveying the right value points is the most crucial part of branding, right? So um, yeah, so talking about communicating with the customers, website is a very important point of communication uh, for the prospects, right, when we communicate, uh, uh, when the communication goes from the brand to the prospects. And we have very little time to convey our value proposition when they visit our website. It's possible that they are not impressed with whatever is there on the website or they can't understand it. So, a lot of times there are a lot of bounces and drop-offs from the website. I saw uh, the website of electric.ai and uh, the video right in the front where your customers are speaking, that's very interesting, that's very eye-catching. So, I was just trying to think that I was just wondering, what is the thought process that went into uh, the content strategy, especially for the website? Would you like to throw light on that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, since I've been here, I've seen Electric through a rebrand back in 2019. And then the what you're mentioning was a, a major overhaul of our hero section of our website back in early 2020. Um, Think about you know honestly we were thinking about ourselves as consumers right um, you know today uh, and you know don't quote me on this but I I uh, just in some of the materials that I've read um, you know the the consumer is about I believe it was like 70% um, of the way through the buying process before they even want to talk to you, right? We are at a point where consumers are, are, you know, sort of educating themselves, taking the time, doing their own research. They don't necessarily want to be sold to. We've done... Um, a test recently where we move our deals, you know, um, more quickly through the funnel, um, sort of reducing the amount of qualification time and getting them to a demo as quickly as possible. And we're seeing massive, you know, sort of growth in our win rates there. Um, So just really just a a testament to, um, you know, how can we make sure that we are, um, you know, sort of engaging with the right, um, you know, review sites where consumers are doing their research, how are we making sure that our, you know, it's less about the value of our products and services and more about the problems that our customers have already, you know, sort of um, solved using our products and allowing them to tell the story. And so, uh, you know, this was something that we wanted to put at the forefront was say, you know, all right, if we ourselves, when we go out and, and make a purchase, are going to go and read the reviews or, or talk to um, you know, those that have a similar problem, let's, let's let our customers tell our story, right? Um, you know, Everyone has case studies. Um, we're trying to sort of elevate them beyond just being buried in the customer's section of our website, but make sure that they're sort of scattered throughout the website. Um, and, and we wanted to start with them first and foremost. Um, and so we're fortunate enough to have uh, customers that really love our product and, and are you know, phenomenal advocates and part of our um, Electric Insider Council of Customers who were willing to sit down and, and do um, you know sort of full-scale video-based interviews with us and allow us to create those stories that we could put first and foremost on the website.
0: Amazing. So uh, since we are in the website personalization space, we have been doing a lot of research into how uh, marketers think about personalizing their conversation with the prospects. So I just uh, wanted to know, and it's also very important for the audience, uh, most of whom are marketers to understand that, how much importance you give to personalized communication with uh, your prospects. Well, we understand that when it comes to um, one-to-one communication, it is perhaps easier because you can do the research on your audience and prepare for the meeting. But what about a scenario when um, a client comes, sorry, not a client, a prospective uh, customer, when they visit a website? So uh, do you give importance to personalization on your website? Or or what are your do's and don'ts about it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So obviously there's you're always walking that fine line right between um, the amount of time that you're putting into this customized messaging um, while trying to do it at scale right and and bring in as many leads as possible um you know we i sort of think about it from the persona perspective um there's not just one specific type of persona but it uh, i really wanted to break it out into um, the the sort of current IT situation, right? We were uh, very early on in building out our ICP or our ideal customer profile um, able to figure out that our prospects fell into three different buckets in terms of what was their existing IT situation before they came onto electric, right? Um, so we've customized how we speak about our value to them um, to role type. Right, we were again sort of able to figure out. Um, all right, you know, we are for the most part um, our champions and our purchasers. Um, those sort of making that the buying decision um, falling into four distinct. Um, role buckets, you know, sort of departments within an organization. Um, And then from there, we actually are working on expanding to industry-based content. And so wanted to just be very sort of plain and straightforward with it. Um, Within the website, you know, we have broken out our solutions into do you, you, here's how you can read about us, right? Um, Do you, you know, are you someone that uh, doesn't currently have any IT in place, right? Uh, You're sort of working um, in a situation where a non-technical member of your team is having to do all of this IT work on top of their job, right? Um, Maybe you wanna read about our, you know, values because you're looking at how we partner with HR teams specifically, Um, you know, and then we're gonna be expanding into the industry-based content. Um, that's how our website is structured today. Uh, again, you know, I think we had done a lot of research around what were the headers that everyone used in their navigation bar and, and you know, instead of trying to get, you know, creative or, or use, you know, sort of um, more SaaS jargon, we've, uh, we're going to be um, launching a new website, you know, next year um and just you know sort of more plainly stating it out right um you know by role type by current it situation by industry you know here's how you know uh why go with electric here's how you can read about it in you know sort of the the manner that suits you that that meets your specific um sort of problems or situation okay
0: Here, a lot of marketers speak about the important marketing metrics that they always keep track of especially the marketing meetings are all about these numbers metrics right so how are your marketing meetings like Hannah and what are those specific um, metrics that you give very important uh, that you give utmost importance to in your discussions like is it conversion rate is it CAC or uh, or the performance of the campaigns?
1: Sure, yeah. Um, So, you know, as a whole, um, on a weekly basis, um, we as an entire marketing team come forth and um, talk about how we're performing against our OKRs, which all match, map back to um, the team's OKRs, which those metrics that you spoke to. Um, and, you know, all of us have sort of leading indicators to them, but yes, as a, as a whole team, um, we are f- focused on um, revenue, right? So primarily, like at the top, um, we are a member of the revenue organization at Electric and so we are responsible for bringing in um a certain amount of revenue uh and leads into the business on a quarterly basis right so that is you know first and foremost how are we performing against that um from there yes then it's um you know how are we performing in our various different lanes um you know uh to your point conversion on the conversion rate on the site um, but also conversion rate of our variety of paid um, or organic campaigns um, cost track with cost for acquisition um, is very much focused on by our um, head of growth because again he's provided with that budget on a quarterly basis and needs to make the decisions on where to allocate that specific spend. Um, On product marketing side, I'm very focused on close rate, right? Uh, if, you know, again, there there are a variety of things that product marketing influences. Um, there's, you know, very little that we're able to sort of one for one directly say we, you know, performed this action and, and got this result. Um, so, you know, we're looking at close rate uh, And that is important because, um, you know, again, the higher that close rate, the less strain on the demand gen side of our organization. Um, and the, you know, sort of less they have to spend to go out and acquire those leads. Right. So, so that increase in close rate, I can then reduce CAC for our demand gen head um, and they can go out and get more leads.
0: Okay, I think you have put that beautifully. Yeah. So talking about uh, marketing campaigns, uh, you might agree that, you know, when uh, when they say that a marketer is only as good as his last campaign, so uh, what? how has been your experience working on campaigns? Would you like to share your most successful marketing campaign with us?
1: Yeah, um, so from a sort of product marketing perspective, right, um, we again are a connective tissue and so our constantly influencing campaigns that our demand gen colleagues uh, are doing across their channels most recently um you know we are sort of at the point where we're less focused on just you know get product releases out the door as quickly as possible right trying to stay agile in that capacity and and now being able to take a step back be more strategic in and how we bring those to market um, and so very excited about um, you know, an upcoming campaign partnership where we'll be uh, launching a new um, release that is, uh, you know sort of going to revolutionize the way in which. Um, you know, our customers and, and prospects um, go through on and offboarding, right? We've taken on and offboarding from being an eight-hour arduous task to now, you know, just a seven-minute request process, and we're constantly iterating on that. Um, in partnership with that, we've created um, sort of a, a paired, organic, um, and paid campaign that is going to be targeted directly at HR professionals. Um, uh, and, you know, essentially saying, because we were able to give these specific founders of a company that's you know one of our client companies um they were able to go you know we gave them their time back they were able to go and create an entirely new product and and bring it to market so we're asking them what would you do with that time um so we're really looking forward to engagement on that um but otherwise a a sort of previous um you know uh both successful and you know, unsuccessful in different ways um, campaign that I spearheaded from uh, just a product marketing perspective was our live demos campaign, right? Um, You know, again, sort of taking a step back and thinking about our prospects who um, may not have been ready to speak with a sales rep, right? They were just looking to understand what we did. Um, I, you know, had sort of spun up and offered a live demo Webinar series where we just got right into the heart of um, why does Electric exist? Uh, what is the problem that we're solving for you? And, um, you know, how do we go about and do it and, and provide that demo? No sales, uh, you know, call required, right? Um, the attendance on it was low, the conversion rate on it. Um, was very high and we expended you know sort of very little resources um, to bring in uh, a significant amount of revenue so uh, definitely a win in my book in terms of the conversion rate there but of course you know from attendance perspective I would have liked to see more attendance so uh, yeah I I think that's you know not uncommon other marketers have probably experienced campaigns similarly um, that you know have sort of you know been a, a win and loss
0: Okay, that that was quite interesting. So now, since last year this COVID scenario has created a lot of disruption in the industry, also in the IT industry. So how did you deal with the changes? What strategy did you and your marketing team adopt to deal with this
1: new times? Yeah, so the fortunate part of um, the value of our service is that we are entirely uh, remote, right? So we've we we pro, we've provided remote IT to our customers uh, since the beginning, right, since we were founded. So, um, you know, the need was there uh, and we were able to, you know, sort of capitalize on the fact that a lot of, uh, you know, organizations were caught very flat-footed. They were not prepared to send their Um, you know, employees home with company-owned devices because they didn't have a way to remotely, um, you know, check on their health and keep them up to date um, and secure them. Uh, You know, the same thing with data, right? All of a sudden you have employees um, accessing your company, you know, and, uh, you know, customer data. Across a variety of insecure networks. Um, And then there was finally like support, right? Um, If something went wrong in someone's home, how would you be able to provide them IT support without them being able to walk, you know, sort of down the hall or, or, you know, reach out to the person next to them um, and say, hey, can you help me out here, right? So, uh, you know, messaging wise, that was a very, you know sort of beneficial thing for us, obviously very unfortunate um situation. Um but you know uh from a market perspective it was our time it was um you know very much a, a sort of easy sell there in terms of transition right we had just sort of started to experiment with out of home um we you know were doing a lot of really creative um uh direct mail campaigns uh, and we had a lot of um, highly curated in-person events, so we needed to transition, um, you know, and, and move to the point where we were doing really solid um, and impactful virtual events um, in a way that, you know, sort of broke through the Zoom fatigue, uh, and that was very much based on, you know, the speakers, but um, the types of engagement that we were doing with the audience throughout the conversation, they weren't necessarily just being talked at um, or sitting on another webinar. Um, And then, you know, our um, sort of offerings, right, Uh, instead of being able to do these blanket direct mail sends, we had to move to sort of raising your hand Um, You know, we got creative in in terms of, um, you know, offering kits of things, whether it was, um, you know, people are stuck at home, let's go ahead and put together this really creative kit uh, that would give them, you know, everything they would need for a movie night. And they wouldn't even have to leave home to do it, right? Sort of um, thinking about what would, uh, especially in that time, when everyone was feeling very vulnerable, working remotely, what could we, Um, you know offer them that would make them feel you know uh, uh, give them sort of a a sense of peace um, in that particular time right so those are uh, a couple of ways that we've pivoted Uh, we are again you know sort of as the world moves back to hybrid work considering um, you know live events uh, and um, you know engaging with people in their office locations but um, you know still sort of evaluating at this point
0: Great. so I think that was a very good initiative uh, from your team side. So with that, we have reached our last question. Yeah. As a marketer in the managerial role, what advice would you give to the budding, aspiring marketers?
1: Yeah, um, I think, you know, the same advice that I would give anyone starting out in their career, if you are um, interested in something, set up some time ask questions manage up right that has always been i have been most successful um in you know over preparing and owning the conversation in my one-on-ones making sure that i am asking for um you know the mentorship or the feedback that i'm looking for um that i am doing everything i can to um, make my manager's life easier and if there is Um, you know, a win that I've accomplished, um, shouting it from the rooftops, right? Providing that information to my manager and my team um, and being my own personal advocate. So I would say stay curious, um, be your own personal advocate always, keep a folder of all of your accomplishments and make sure that you are, you know, sort of sharing those um, with the team. It's not always obvious to everyone um yeah and and uh sort of offer your assistance um you know if you have that extra time or bandwidth you know within your role and you want to move to the next level you know offer your time uh, it's going to be hugely beneficial and people will be more willing to uh sort of sit with you train you whatever it may be
0: Sometimes these days there are are so much advice and suggestions available online that uh, you know there are chances that an aspiring marketer might just struggle for the right advice right so I think it's important to take it from the right platform and the right person okay so with that we come to an end of this episode thanks for joining us Hena
1: absolutely it was a pleasure talking to you You as well. Thank you so much. This was a great conversation.